Being an expert sucks. As a teacher of spiritual intelligence and emotional health, I get cornered into being the guy who has all the answers. I'd like to take this opportunity to make a confession. I don't. What I do have are convictions. I have theories. I have questions. I find myself looking around and I'm like, we can't stay here. Stop setting up your tent. We can't stay here. Through my journey, it's become evident that being a participant is no longer enough. It's time to become reformers. These are my confessions. To get deeper in this conversation, visit MikeMayashiro.com. Hello, podcasters. Welcome to today's episode. Um, I'm your host, Mike Mayashiro, and this is Confessions of a Reformer. Um, had a great week. Great stuff coming up. Great stuff just happened. Uh, but I want to do something new and different this week. Um, I wanted to share some music with you guys a little bit. Uh, I've been listening to... Ben Howard, Jake Scott, and Ellie Goulding. But specifically Jake Scott and Ellie Goulding, I wanted to give you guys just a specific song that I've enjoyed by either artist. Um, I like a lot of their songs, but um, there's a song called Tuesdays by Jake Scott. It's got like a folksy, almost maybe country version of it. Like sound, not necessarily, but I like it. I think it's it's a good song. And then I also like um, Still Falling For You by Ellie Goulding. That's a new one that I haven't heard before that I'm really enjoying. So, you know, let me know what you think. And then I also want to let you guys know, I don't know if you know this about me, but I coached middle school volleyball for three years, um, obviously mostly girls um, for a private Christian school, and that was some interesting drama. I mean, I loved it. It was so much fun. It was a great experience. There were so many dynamics. The politics in middle school sports is unbelievable, uh, specifically with parents, right? But uh, I think that's true of probably any sport for any age range for with parents. I think they just get kind of funny about it, right? Um, but that's going to come up later, so more on that. But anyway, I want to give you a couple um, reminders of some things coming up. We've got the entrepreneurship event coming up in November. That is specifically for people who want to potentially venture into the entrepreneurship world. Specifically, it's designed for people who are new or like it, they're, it, it's still something they've just started been trying to get going or they haven't even considered it before but are open. That event is for you guys specifically. So that's something you have a value for. You wanna learn how to leverage income, get paid outside your time, uh, not just have to work for someone else for the rest of your life, that kind of thing. This is gonna be an event you want to be at. It's gonna be amazing. Our Nouveau Reach department, Becca heading that up. I'm, I've been obviously part of the process of planning the event and it's gonna be amazing. So. Be mindful of that. And then also next July, so July 2020, we have the NUMA Symposium coming up. That's our big event for everyone in the NUMA community coming in in the same room to gather around spiritual intelligence, discerning of spirits, what does it look like to follow Jesus today, competently, accurately, sincerely. We're going to talk about it. We've got a lot of cool things coming up in the pipeline with that. You guys want to jump into the room for that. So if you want to check it out, you can go to MikeMyashiro.com. Go to events. You can find either event there and you can register there. And I think we still have early bird pricing for both. So win there. All right, you guys, today um, I want to talk about games or like play, like having fun, but specifically in the play arena. Um, we're going to talk about how people are honest, most honest in play, um, how agreements come out in play. Uh, we're going to talk about the competitive spirit today. We're going to talk about the plane of prosperity. Um, competition versus dominance like we're going to contrast those things we're talking about those people who aren't competitive or those people who are we're going to talk about some of those dynamics and then also um 
I want to tell you a story about my 30th birthday party because that's just going to tie all this together nicely. All right, so that's kind of our outline for today. Let's jump into it, shall we? Uh, I have always had a value for play, whether it's sports or games or whatever. Like it, I've always enjoyed that. I think most of us do. But I've always experienced like a lot of success and reward in it. Like I've usually been pretty good at the things that I've played in and whatever. And so, and I actually have this odd winning streak when it comes to like board games and things. I win a lot. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what that's about. I think a lot of it has to do with my beliefs and my attitude about it. I expect to win. Like I don't play games to just like kind of watch other people do things and be a victim to what happens and hopefully I win. I'm like, no, I'm going to do everything I know how with my mind intact and my heart like postured correctly to correct his armor with my heart postured in love to win i mean that's the point right not just to score but to like win the game we're going to talk about what that looks like but i think coming from that place it allows you to also win in the score okay we'll talk about that um you guys when we play it's like one of the easiest most immediate connections to childlikeness that we have in our adult years right uh we're so used to playing professionally as children it's what we do full time like we wake up we eat, we poop, whatever, but we want to play, right? Especially when you get a, a, a taste for recess and friends, you just want to go outside and play basketball, play volleyball, climb in the woods, grab swords, whatever, right? You just want to go play all the time. I know I was obsessed with it growing up. Uh, and so when we get back into that mindset, whether it's playing sports or a board game or whatever, it's like very natural for people to get into a place where they're just themselves. They're innocent, they're childlike, and they're giving away what they have. It's fun until it's not, right? <laughs> it's fun until the crazy people let loose and just can't handle it, right? And what's fascinating about gameplay or playing games is people's spiritual agreements come out very easily when they play games. It's such an interesting dynamic, whether it's board games or whatever. Uh, usually they're not as self-conscious about this stuff. You see the people who are like socially disciplined and they just know how to like kind of stay moderately detached from the outcome or what's going on so they keep their cool and they're just kind of like whatever but they're also not the ones winning the game typically right they're the ones just kind of like they're the extras they're in the background they're just kind of setting the scene but the people who want to win and are ready to throw down a lot of those people often if things don't go their way can lose their minds they get weird they say some crazy stuff they get a little aggressive you know they get really intense and everyone else gets really uncomfortable it's awkward or whatever really bizarre i've seen that more often than i'd like to admit and not just with family members although obviously there too but even with friends and like grown adults <laughs> losing their mind over what the the number on the dice was it's hilarious and just kind of crazy so realize like when you're playing games you guys your agreements are going to come out and others are going to come out as well it is a vulnerable act to play games with other people whether you're aware of it or not it causes this stuff to come out and to be represented and to influence. And so it's really interesting. I often with my third years or my interns, um, I would play board games or games in general with them. Do I say board games slash games in general repeatedly? Yeah, I mean either. I'll play games with them and watch the stuff come out. And I'm not necessarily trying to get that to happen, but I know it will. And we get to like navigate that scene together and watch people's things come up and how do they handle it? What do they do with disappointment? What do they do when they feel like something went, something happened that wasn't fair? Or what do they do when they win? Do they gloat? Are they lording it over people? Like what is, all that stuff starts to come out, right? And it tells you a lot about people's relationship with humility and pride and their awareness and compassion for the people around them. Like what is their actual priority? And if you put a game with rules in place, are they then 
alleviated from character and now they just have to win that's all that matters in the world or can they still win have that intention and keep their character intact intact can they still care for other people right like that's a fascinating test that i think often many people fail because they lose sight of like character and integrity because we're playing a game on some level right they're not consciously doing it it just sometimes ends up playing out that way so I want to talk about the competitive spirit, obviously, especially in the game slash sports arena. I actually have a huge value for competition. I know there's a lot of negative connotation when it comes to competition. People who don't win a lot or don't want to be in that arena or have been like bullied or over like bulldozed by people might have a negative belief about the word competition and thus like condemned it and said it's a bad thing. Whether they say it in English or not, they have that attitude. I remember I led a trip of some students to Japan a few years ago. And one of them was a, there's a woman on the team who was, I think, probably eight years older than me. And I got to know her through our meetings and beforehand or whatever. And so by the time we're in Japan, I've got a pretty good grid of who she is and what she's about, right? And the agreements that she has. And at one point, we're in the living room getting ready for the day. And she said something about how she's not competitive. And I busted up laughing out loud. And I didn't mean to. I just, I thought she was joking. And then I realized she was serious. I busted up laughing. I couldn't handle it. She's like, why are you laughing? I was like what did you just say? Say it again. She's like, what? I'm not competitive. And I bust up laughing again. Like I just couldn't take it. And I stopped the room and I just pulled the nine other people in the room. Like how many of you guys in this room think this person is not competitive? Nobody's hand went up. (laughs) And she was like, what? And she just yelled and like, she wasn't mad, but she was shocked and kind of indignant a little bit. It was so funny. And I was like, are you serious? And so she came over and sat and I was like, let's talk about that for a second. You think you're not competitive. Why is that? And she's like, because I don't, I don't care who wins and I don't, I'm not, and she said a couple things that had judgment attached to it. Like, I don't run people over. I don't, um, like cut people off or whatever. And I was like, okay, what you're describing isn't competition. That's something else. But I'll tell you from my experience from you, you're actually one of the more competitive people in this room right now. And she's like, no, I am not. And she couldn't believe I was saying that. It's she, to me was like, she felt like I was insulting her. Like I was saying, saying something offensive. I was like, it's not a bad thing. It's actually really powerful and it's important and I love that about you. She's like, what are you talking about? So we got to reframe her perspective and idea and attitude about competition, but I found that actually a lot of people share that perspective. They think competition is synonymous with like aggression and domination and crushing people and that's not actually the case. The competitive spirit when it's like, when the thing that I have a value for is people having a resolve to overcome to win, to hit a goal, to accomplish a task. If you don't have that desire driving within you, like, man, life's going to be hard. And also following the Lord is probably going to be difficult. We don't come in our relationship with the Lord with a desire to compete. Okay. So I'm not saying that, but when it comes to playing a game and playing on a team and contributing toward a goal without that competitive drive, you're not going to care and you're not going to contribute and you're going to leave people in the dust or like, sorry, you're going to leave people hanging and just not going to show up for them, which sucks to have someone on your team that doesn't care like you do, right? It's not fun. And so there is a place for competition that's appropriate. Competition drives the market and the economy, right? And causes, you know, other competitors have to up their game and provide a a better value or quality product to the customers in order to gain their business. Like that competition thing in the economy is actually really powerful and beneficial for the rest of us. Um, there are a lot of positive things that come from that. I want to contrast competition from dominance or aggression, right? Violence even. There is a difference. And oftentimes people say they're competitive. They use it as an excuse or a guise to be violent or to be overly aggressive or to dominate other people, to like impose their will and crush someone else. That is evil. 
the Lord does not do that. Love doesn't do that. And so we actually leave the land of following Jesus and actually caring for people when you start trying to crush them and destroy them and have them like grovel at your feet or whatever. That's twisted. That desire is not coming from the Lord and it's not good. But you can, I'd like to propose, and I'm going to share a theory here I have that I've tested and think is real. You're just going to have to like want to see it to, to actually see it. I'd like to propose you can compete without harming or dominating anybody else. Okay. And that's like where we want to live. That's how we want to play. Um, but if you're coming from the competitive place where you're trying to beat out somebody in a limited economy or like the supply and demand scenario is like scarce and there's a scarcity dynamic, you are on the competitive field or the competitive plane, if you will, and you can't prosper and generate wealth while you're competing. I'm not saying that as a factual statement. I'm saying that from a spiritual place. So I'm not saying people who compete don't make a lot of money. However, when you look at the definition of wealth, it's not necessarily just about how much money you have. This has to do with how you got it and what it means to you and the quality of life you get to live because of that, right? And so um, when you are operating from a competitive place in the business place or whatever, um, with the motivation of I want to beat out my competition, I want to dominate, I want to crush them, like that's a negative motivation. It's not coming from God. It's not prosperous or generous or creative in nature. So when you compete, you're actually fighting for what's left over. And most people are competing for that stuff. If you want to like build genuine wealth and actually see prosperity and abundance take place in your life, you got to leave the competition thing behind and start tapping into creativity. How do you actually allow for God to inspire you to bring something new to the table instead of trying to beat out other people's portion, if you will, right? Um, that's another conversation for another time. If that's something you care about, jump in on our Nouveau Riche stuff. Join Nouveau Riche and the L Factor group. Um, you can check it out on my website for more information on that. But we definitely get into those dynamics in that conversation. All right. Anyway, um, you guys I want to talk about my 30th birthday party real quick. <laughs> I threw a birthday party. I had a bunch of people come over. Uh, at some point, we were playing this game where it was Pictionary, and I was kind of playing as the host, right? And we had two teams, they were competing, and they were drawing, and guessing, and yelling, whatever. But they had to draw something that I whispered in the person's ear, and I was making up the subject matter as we went. And slowly, people started getting more, re- not everyone, but certain people started getting more resentful toward me as the host because they felt like um, I was kind of picking on them. Uh, and I can see how they thought that. I don't think that was actually doing that, but they, I could see why they felt that way. If they were like miming or saying mouthings with their words, I would call them out and like there'd be consequences to that because to me that's cheating, right? And so I was playing a regulator in this and wanting people to actually like play according to the rules rather than just being sloppy and whatever. And so there were certain people in the room who had more aggressive, dominant personalities who like were building up resentment in a case. And at some point toward the end of the game, someone suggested that I get up there and play and like I do something that they decide or whatever. And I immediately was like, I don't think that's a good idea. This is already like coming from a weird place. But enough people surged up. I was like, okay, fine, I'll do it. So I got up there to just start drawing and they whispered something in my ear, which was really difficult to draw and I didn't have enough time to do it. So I just did what I could. And then um, while I'm drawing, people start yelling behind me and saying all this stuff and like overtly going out of their way to try and do things that they felt like I was doing to them and they're doing it in an exaggerated manner. So it was really like... I would describe the spirit as violent. It was, the intention was to violate me and to harm me and whatever. Like, humiliate me, right? Which was gross. And these are people I invited to come celebrate my birthday party with me and this is what they were doing. It was awful. Uh, I'm not saying I don't understand why they got there. I'm saying how they got there, though, was evil. Like, it's not what they were given. They were offended by it and then turned it into this whole other thing. Anyway, so in the middle of me drawing this thing and all this stuff, I could literally feel this energy behind me pushing me toward the board. I'm like, this is awful. And it was gross. It felt like I was being violated and humiliated and all stuff. So I finally, in the middle of it, just like it got to a point where it was so extreme that I just 
something in me snapped. I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this. So I turned around and I said, stop. And just like addressed the room and they all kind of like got quiet for a second. And I was like, I'm not doing this. And then immediately two people in the room specifically, who were those more dominant aggressive people, their faces changed immediately. Everyone else was kind of like, what's happening? They're like, <gasps> and they both had like the fear of God on their face almost, right? <laughs> Which was hilarious. Um, but the, the room automatically just died, went to a standstill. And I was like, you guys, this is my birthday party. We're supposed to be having fun. This is supposed to be a game. And right now I'm like, I feel like I'm being attacked by everyone in the room. This is not cool. I'm not doing this. And we sat there quietly and people were just kind of stunned. There were other people who were just like, like didn't know what to do. Like during the headlights, just like stunned. And I tossed the, the, the marker like a, to the side, like dismissively, like just I'm out. And I went and sat down on a chair on the side of the room and just sat there. And slowly people kind of like stumbled their way to their chairs. It was so awkward. I didn't feel awkward. I was angry. So I didn't care how people felt. I was like, this is crazy. And then people just kind of slowly slunk back to where their chairs were before the, literally, it was like a frenzy. It was like a riot behind me. People were on their feet yelling. I'm surprised there weren't pitchforks and torches. It was crazy. And so we all sat down. I was like, and it was so awkward and people were obviously visibly uncomfortable. And I was like, you guys, um, let's talk about this. Like, I don't know that this needs to be super uncomfortable. Let's like have a conversation about what just happened. And two or three people who had nothing to do with what was going on came and I said goodbye. I was like, yes, if, this, if you don't feel like this is part of anything you were part of, you can leave, but let's talk about it. And so the people who just didn't want to be part of it just hugged me and left. Like three people left. A bunch of them stayed because they knew they were in it. And then a few other people stayed because they wanted to see how it was going to play out. They were just super intrigued, right? <laughs> so there we were sitting in the room and... I basically just explained to them, you guys, I'm mad right now. Like, what happened that was not okay. That should not have taken place. It was vi- And I'm, this is not about my birthday party at this Like, that's just added detail, right? But that aside, what happened should not have taken place. That was awful. And I described, like, my experience and what I felt in the room and whatever. Um, and then I just kind of, like, guided the conversation, helped facilitate people expressing their experience and their perspective on the thing and what happened, where they were coming from. Four different girls cried while we were talking. Um, this poor woman in the middle, I was like... Hey, this is new to you. I know you're not used to this. I know this is probably really uncomfortable. Why don't you come sit over here? Everything's fine. So I had her just get up from the floor and come and sit down. And we just talked through it. And I had a lot of practice addressing things that I got upset by, hurt by, whatever. So I could have this conversation in a civil manner with my anger. And I found it to be more productive to talk about it than to just like fume. And like, and I didn't want them to leave. It was an interesting moment. I actually found myself not wanting to dismiss them because I don't want them to leave with that in their as the last thing in their mind. Like they just, they wouldn't know what to do with it. It would just be really painful. And I was like, well, let's talk about it. I was okay with them leaving. I was like, I'm done. I don't, I don't owe them anything. This is sad. It's really sad this happened. They can leave in their shame. I don't care. Like, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to like keep doing it. But I saw like the people were in a certain state. I was like, okay, let's talk about it. Let's lift this off everyone. Let's process through what just happened and let's make, make this right. So we did and there's two people whose faces, like, they both jumped in pretty quickly early on in the conversation and apologized and owned up to their piece or whatever, and other people shared their perspectives and whatever, and it was this big dramatic thing. It would probably last at about 45 minutes of conversation, right? At the end of this thing, um, the room was so much lighter, and it was fascinating to watch what happened as we continued to reason together and clarify what was going on in the spirit and what should or should not have taken place there. At the end of the party... <laughs> at the end of the, the massive confrontation, people in the room actually felt a lot closer and more intimate and connected than they did before there was even a problem at the party. It was fascinating to experience and to observe. And I experienced that a bunch with certain individual friends, you know, a bunch in my life, but I'd never experienced that, like to that degree, 
ever up to that point in my life. And I think everyone up to that point as well was like, I had never seen anything like this before. And they, I got several texts from people after they left being like, thank you so much for inviting me. I was so honored to be there. I was shocked to see what happened. It was fascinating to watch you navigate that. You're a very bizarre person. I've never seen anybody like you before. <laughs> um, but basically like, I felt like I got to experience something profound tonight and I'm really grateful I got to witness it. That was amazing. And I was like, great. And so it was a huge win. It was, it sucked in the middle for sure. And it's not because those people were competitive. It was because they were tapping into that nasty, aggressive, vindictive, punishy, accusatory, Satan-y thing. You know what I mean? And that happens in games. As weird as, and as immature as that might feel, that straight up happens. It's twisted. <laughs> There's this other moment I want to throw in there. I was playing Settlers of Catan with some friends um, at some later point, I think that same year. And one of the friends was actually one of those people at the party, ag- aggressive, dominant thing going on, right? And this person did a move on the board that straight up sabotaged their plans and what they wanted to do. And they got so angry and they looked at the person and they said, I'm going to destroy you. And that person they said that to started laughing and she's like, you're laughing because you think me destroying you is limited to this game. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I, call, I was like, what are you talking? You don't even know this person. I just called her out in the middle. And she's like, I'm sorry, you're right. And just kind of snapped out of it. But it was, <laughs> it was a crazy moment of just like reacting from this like, I told her afterward in hindsight, or maybe in the moment, I was like, you just opened a portal to hell right now. Are you kidding me? Like, what are you going to kill this kid? Like, stop. It was so funny. And so inappropriate, right? It's just like, that shouldn't happen. But you guys, the crazy thing is that does happen. People are playing games and all of a sudden this like fierce, feral, like barbaric relationship with evil comes out and people just start getting aggressive and dominant and like trying to destroy other people over a game. It's so funny. Uh, And it shares, like shows how much they care about it. I like the investment. I like the buy-in, but we don't want to touch evil when we do it. So I want to propose, actually, when you're playing a game... The way you win any game is that you don't let yourself be violated by any of the things I'm describing here. By the domination, the, accus- the accusation, the condemnation, the punishment, the vindictiveness, the aggression. Like, by not touching any of that, you win, regardless of the score. If you genuinely have fun and you do your best, you contribute, you participate, and you don't touch any of that stuff, regardless of what's hap- what happens, you win. And I found like there are games that are specifically designed for you to cut off other people, right? To get them to have more of a difficult time. And that's part of how you win. And it's strategy and whatever. I love when I'm playing games like that. I love not doing that and kind of breaking the spirit of that thing and being generous and accommodating to people around me, even if that harms me later down the road in the game. The reason that I'm playing the game is not to win according to the per- the people who made the game. The reason I'm playing the game is to have fun with the people I'm playing it with, right? And enjoy it. And if I don't end up winning at the top of the score, but I had the time of my life and I enjoyed it and I got to generate, um, demonstrate my the generosity in my heart and my value for the people that I'm with and my affection, then to me, it's like, it's just another great expression of demonstrating what's in my heart. And some people hear that and think, oh, I'm just being a hippie and just because I don't want to win or I don't care. And it's not true. Like if you knew me, you see that I win often and I do care about winning. But I don't want to win in the score and lose in my heart. You know what I mean? Like, that sucks. It's not worth it. And I would way rather just win in my heart and lose at the score than the other way around. Ideal scenario is I win in my heart and in the game. <laughs> you know what I mean? But one of these wins, one of these victories is more important than the other. One of them is realer than the other, right? And matters more. So we can actually care for and support the people around us playing the game. I'm not saying you can't 
make moves against other people in the game, you can do it from a playful spirit, right? Somewhere that's fun and not there to sabotage or get ahead, but actually just like mess with them a little bit or like legitimately do like move towards your goal without a mean spirit. You could totally do that and it's super fun. And when people experience that, like they don't have as much of an issue when it happens. When you start tapping into the dark side when you're playing a game, it doesn't matter how benign and simple the, the, the choice might be. If people can feel that, that thing's present, it is harmful. And the more you just act like it's not happening, the more violating it becomes, right? It's so interesting to watch the dynamic, the dynamics of people playing games and not addressing that stuff and like how emotional it gets. Um, so anyway, my point in that is, you guys, we don't want to be dominant or aggressive or vindictive or punishing when we play games. That is not competitive. That's straight up twisted and evil. But we do want to play to win as best as we can without violating the rules or our hearts or other people, right? And if we can do that, like I'll tell people, we play volleyball all the time with my friends, right? We go out there and play, we used to play on a weekly basis, the weather's changing, so we're getting, have to navigate that, but um, we just set up a net in the middle of a field somewhere and play, and we like playing competitively. We want to play like good volleyball where people are keeping the ball in play, and volleyball is such an interesting sport. Like if you, if somebody isn't good, you, the game is like, you can't play, it's difficult, because once they touch the ball, it goes out of play, and you have like three shots per side to keep the ball in play, right? It's high stakes, which I love. When you're good at it, it's so rewarding. But when we play that game, it's easy to tap into, I hate you, you suck, I don't want you on my team, like punishing weird stuff. And like a lot of people on my team who've played with us have had to work through emotional trauma (laughs) in navigating these dynamics. Um, But when we play volleyball, um, the goal is we want to have fun, we want to connect, we want to win, right? But I tell people that I play with, I don't care if we win by the score. Like, legitimately, that's not my main motivator. I want to win. But if we played well, and we did what we ha- what we could, and we played our best, and we did what we could to work together, even if the score doesn't reflect that we were better, if we did the best we knew how, the effort was there, the intention, I'm happy. If we win, but I watch people be lazy, be sloppy, be selfish, that drives me nuts. And so I'm more interested in the spirit of the game being in line with what was intended rather than just the score. It's really like barbaric and like fleshly to just focus on scores in games and think that that's all that matters. That's not true. The spirit of the game, how you play, why you play, is more important and obviously that also informs the result. And so when you see a team come together to play and do well and like trust and rely on each other and they do that well and they get good at it, of course they're gonna win. Like that's just, they build something in the spirit that plays out in the natural and it's awesome. So anyway, my point in this, you guys are running out of time, I gotta wrap this up. Um, when we're playing games, you guys, first of all, recognize it's a vulnerable experience. That's awesome, embrace that. Share who you are, give what you have. While you're doing it, don't touch evil. Don't tap into punishment, accusation, condemnation, fear, shame, aggression, domination, any of that nasty stuff. Don't touch any of it. Like, don't touch it. Um, and then find ways to be constructive and playful and competitive and strategic without violating yourself or other people. And remember, this, the real score is not what the game tells you. The score is what's happening in the spirit, okay? Win there and then win at the score, all right? Uh, Big deal. I mean, I just can't tell you how many people have come into my world who just never talked about this stuff and just subject themselves to violation and nastiness. And a lot of them just say, I don't like playing. I don't want to play games. I hate games or whatever. I'm like, that's crazy. That's not true. How can you possibly not like games? I think a lot of it is actually they just have been hurt or burned by it in the past. It's just not fun. And a lot of people who say they're not competitive, I also don't think that's necessarily true. I think it's just people who, people who aren't competitive, I'm putting air quotes on that, are the people who just gave up or learned how not to care 
about games, right? I don't think it's natural to not be competitive. The people who aren't competitive are the ones who've given up and checked out. We don't want that. All right. Anyway, we're going to wrap this up. Um, because uh, I just want to let you know, um, we've got, again, that we've got the entrepreneurship event coming up. If that's something you have an interest in, you want to check that out, um, MikeMyShow.com, under events, entrepreneurship is there. You're going to want to be there if, if you have a value for ent- uh, entrepreneurship, wanting to look at the game. This is going to be a super fun event. We want you guys to join us. We're very much looking for the right people to be there. So please check that out. Um, Thank you for joining me on this podcast. If you enjoy this podcast and haven't put in a review, we would love to, I'd like, love to invite you to do that. Um, five-star reviews help us a ton. I don't want you to make anything up. So if that's not in your heart, no worries. But if that's something that you actually feel and want to throw on there, we would super appreciate it. And if you haven't subcri- subscribed to the channel yet, please do that. We'd love for you to catch the other episodes that come out after this. And um, if you have any questions about what we're talking about here, what I'm talking about here, um, please feel free to email us at contact at mikemyashiro.com. We'll get back to you. We want to answer your questions. We want this to be interactive. We want you to participate. So please do so. We will read them. Um, and thank you for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Listen, there's more where this came from. If you want to see how deep this rabbit hole goes, check out mikemyashiro.com.